Hey everybody, welcome to Knowing is Half the Podcast. Ray started asking me questions, so I just figured we'd just start the show, uh, because uh, Chan's drunk again, everybody. Chan is drunk on the show once again, and I'm wondering why he's doing it alone. Drunk and Fat Albert. (laughs) Keep it real, though. If you've ever been drunk with Robert Clark Chan before, it's only a matter of time before the Fat Albert starts coming out of (laughs) it. We've been meaning to talk to you about it, Chan. It's, it's really honestly becoming yeah. a problem. I don't. It have was charming you. until the allegations. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, here's the thing. I went looking for uh, New Year's specials. As we know, there are a lot fewer uh, New Year's specials than there are uh, Christmas specials, even or Halloween specials, or you know, like Thanksgiving specials. Even there's more than that. Um, but I uh, I found a couple. And I was gonna go with uh, I don't know Winnie the Pooh. The, uh, Winnie's got one, but you know we've uh, we just did a Winnie the Pooh, didn't we? Yeah, we just did a Winnie the Pooh. So you know I don't want to do that. And uh, there was um, there was a a PJs, which I don't think we've done on the show yet. I don't uh, know that we've done the PJs before. By the way, everybody, the this is knowing is half the podcast, the GI Joe recap show. I'm Ray Stacanus. That's Robert Clark Chan talking, and Gina Ippolito is here somewhere as well, yelling at us to get started. I'm lost in the void. <laughs> uh, then I saw this thing, and it turns out that it's like um, a tradition. In yeah, the most uh, the most played thing on television in, in guinness world history what reels in guinness world history guinness what? book of world record history i know in germany it's the most frequently repeated television program uh wow. it, yeah it says went on to become the most frequently repeated television program ever according to the guinness book of world records that is nuts <laughs> uh and it like and so sight unseen i was like well shoot we we gotta do this i i mean um yeah granted it's a little uh, step away from cartoons but we've done some live action stuff before and is someone uh, is someone's yeah. child dying are we just not going to talk about the literal torture happening behind <laughs> robert clark chan oh I, mean, I i don't know i can't tell what's going on i don't Gina, know which i'm in the garage you... so if you're hearing children on my end something <laughs> went real wrong i mean i assume luna has crawled onto the garage roof is peering in through your skylight and screaming at you, Daddy, Wait. why do you love podcasting more than me? Uh, two things. One, thank you, Gina, for thinking my garage has a skylight. Uh, two, she already knows. <laughs> if I was also, a podcast, would you love me, Daddy? <laughs> Gina is also uh, throwing a lot of uh, shade all these different ways when we all know that it's entirely possible that it's one of the 22-year-old boys she has in her basement. You know what? Yeah, that's a great... You know what? Thank you, Robert Clark Chan. And 9.30 on Thursdays or Tuesday nights, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> they have to keep their screaming uh, uh, to other hours and other days. Although, if I remember Gina's dungeon setup, you know, it's very heavily soundproof. We wouldn't hear them. Yeah, I'm not. What do you think? This is my first rodeo. Thank you. (laughs) 
But Chan, tell us more about this Guinness Book of World That's Records, it. please. That's it. That's I was the one there. who was saying it, that the Guinness Book of World Records. Thank you for already getting us confused. <laughs> well, your two voices sound so similar. <laughs> it's it very easy there. to make that mistake. So basically, I got to tell the story here because um, uh, let's just open it with the humble brag. Uh, Ray is buying a new house. Ooh. Uh, an upgrade house, everybody. Podcast money. Did it. Let's go. Woo. Um, you two the house cost $123. That's how much we make podcasting. <laughs> so I was out this afternoon, like doing all this measuring to make, you know, make sure things were going to fit in the new furnishings. I, <laughs> I leave the house. I get home uh, to my current house and I see a whole text chain from Gina and Chan in our, in our knowing us half the podcast, uh, uh, um, Facebook messenger thread. And, um, and yeah, and it's all just like, Hey guys, should we do this? Should we do that? Should we do this? And Gina says, let's do the off the wall one. That's in German. And everybody says, yes, let's do that. Oh, well, Ray didn't answer. So here I am watching it right before we get started. Here I am watching it before we get started saying, is this whole thing in German? What is happening? (laughs) What am I even watching? Where did this come from? I mean, here's the thing, uh, having now watched it. Uh, and I watched it roughly the same time as you. Mm-hmm. Um, still don't get it. I well, I, I get I, it. I mean, like, I guess if you're German, uh, watching this in English, uh, it's the sort of thing that, you know, you're plowed out of your mind on a New Year's Eve. Like, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, let's go start another world war. Uh, <laughs> My goodness. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it is this is what's keeping them from starting another world war. I mean, they started one in, in in the teens, the 19 teens started one in the 1930s. And, uh, this rolls around in the 1960s about the time you would expect Germany to start another world war. They haven't since. No Guinness tells us one of you liked this. Like is a strong word. Uh, You know what? How I feel. I appreciate it. I understand what it is. It's old timey theater television. Uh, can I can I try my hand at explaining? No, what it's is a, happening it's here. It's a or? sketch. It's a I mean, sketch. It's a and let me tell you, sketch. it's a stronger sketch than than what's been on SNL for the past twenty years. So, it's oh my god, overly long. Okay, two things. Well, no One, shit. you are correct. It is overly long. Two, I. I want to start a podcast just going through every episode of Saturday Night Live. I know you just do. to put lie to the lie that oh SNL hasn't been good since I was a kid. It's always been exactly the same, and everybody falls back on the old canard of like, oh, it's not good now. It was never good. So, Chan, it wasn't good in the seventies, but it was intellectual. It and was I guess- not. Oh, oh my God! Stop. Samurai the, fucking deli. The, the vomitorium. The vomitorium sketch. That is that is history book stuff. It was good in the Tina Fey era with sketches like Mom Jeans and Woomba. I didn't like those either. Uh, well, that's because you're a dude. Not everything has to be for you, Ray. Not, not everything it's not has catered to be, for me, Gina. Why do it? Thank not you. everything has to be two fat slices of pizza sumo wrestling at a at a football game with hot dogs in their mouths. Is that a sketch Wait, we really did? Hold on. No. no. This feels I, like. I'm ready. I was about to say they've turned it around. This feels no. like a Gina fantasy to me. More <laughs> this than sounds like Gina Faye. No, I was putting together like a, what I thought Ray would Hold be up. captivated by. Hold up. Gina Faye. 
we need to follow that thread. <laughs> You're saying uh, uh, that would be if, if Gina ran SNL, it'd be like a real Gina Faye situation. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm almost there. I'm only about 65 years away from making it happen. Jesus. <laughs> Keep grinding, Gina. Grind, grind mindset. Grind set. Let's go. Um, th- so this sketch, and I'm sure there's like a historical something. I didn't read any Wikipedia. No, about it. then why are you doing the explanation for it? <laughs> because I can explain what I saw at TV's Gene Ippolito. I can't explain the history behind you it. You were you spent the time watching it, chatting us, asking us what was going on. Yeah. In that time, you could have actually found out what was going on. No, well, okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because. The sketch itself is, you didn't actually need it to be, it helps that it was in English. I would have maybe figured it out had it stayed in German. The thing that was blowing my mind is I came into this sight unseen, no idea what I was going to watch. Gina, first off, thank you for providing an original black and white YouTube clip of it. I think the colorized version just would have distracted me. I enjoy watching things in black and white. So I do appreciate you giving me the better option. Well, it was in HD versus because I watched most of it in the color version. And then along the side, I, I noticed or when I was doing my Google research, because I am actually a good podcaster. Uh, wow. I you see that shade, Chan. Do you feel that? <laughs> I felt it get dark in here. What's going on? Oof. Uh, the the better, the higher def version was pulled up, and you can really see the dudes, uh, uh, the guy who plays James, his facial expressions, which are just gold. Uh, you can see them much better in the black and white version. Yeah. Oh, I bet the, you can. I bet. Yeah. It was. I mean, that was fun. Oh, look, this is a, this is a, this is a, okay. We'll take out the two minutes of explanation because I start watching it and it's just a guy talking to a camera on a theater set for like two minutes in German. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I wrote here, like, I can't take notes. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> there are no subtitles. What? Okay. So that's your, okay. Well, I didn't realize since I didn't watch the beginning of the black and white version, I mean, he's giving the context of what the sketch is. But so he's you, doing it in a language I don't speak, TV's but there were, there were subtitles on the version that Chan sent out. The well, black. I didn't watch that one because you gave me a better black and white. You know what? I rescind my thanks to you. <laughs> I, I mean, I would have assumed if you noticed that one version doesn't have subtitles for the first two minutes, you would check the other version. Why would you ever do that? Whining like a little bitch baby. The assumption is that none of them would have subtitles if one of them doesn't. That makes no sense. If yeah, I'm watching I'm a DVD of, uh, say, Batman. Uh, 1966 and disc one of season one uh, has no subtitles in French. I'm going to assume all the other discs. No, these aren't the same discs. These are two totally separate links and versions. Yeah. This is like you, you buy the uh, cheap ass $3 Walmart DVD of uh, Mamma Mia. And then, (laughs) then you go for the steel book, Blu-ray DVD combo with, the movies anywhere code and that'll set you back a cool $41. Yeah, but I tell much. you what, you can't put a price on high definition. Mamma Mia. Wait, here, here is, here is my question. And the answer might enrage me. <laughs> so do <laughs> Do you not? There was context at the beginning of what was actually going on in the sketch. 
I, do there was you context. know what was going on in the sketch, Ray? Um, well, do I get my chance to explain what I think was going on in the sketch? Oh boy! My time if, you do it in, if you do it in two seconds, in, in two sentences, because then I'm going to cut you off when you're wrong. <laughs> so, without the two minutes of actually being told what's happening, mm-hmm. which Gina got and I didn't, and somehow she thinks this is a fair starting point. This is a run-on sentence, but you're still on sentence one. Thank you. Uh, Robert Clark Chan, as I that continue on. That, that was two. Now you've gone into three. Uh, James going. is seemingly uh, the uh, butler of a uh, a widowed or, you know, never married uh, older lady who is clearly the lord of the house, if you will. And she is of nobility of some kind, or at least is very, very, very rich. And this is, I mean, I guess this is New Year's Eve. Nothing says it's New Year's Eve. Um, I'll just it's have to take, you're take already you're already wrong. So this is like a this is like a Christmas movie. You know how people say like ah, Die Hard's a Christmas movie, uh, and then you're like, well, if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, then what else is a Christmas movie? Is like Chinatown a Christmas movie? I don't know. Yeah, it's, Ray Ray is already wrong, but I'm gonna let him make one more movie. sentence just so I can oh, see boy. how many more things he gets wrong. Yeah. So yeah. there, two of them are in on what's happening in that she is at a dinner party that she is throwing in her own house. And there are four empty chairs seemingly held by four people that they personally know or have made up, except none of them are actually there. They are empty chairs. And he is playing the role of each of the four people as course after course gets served. Meanwhile, throughout the entire sketch, he's getting drunk because he's pouring a new alcoholic beverage for every seat. And as he's playing those characters, he's drinking the entirety, which is very funny. He's drinking the entirety of the glass of each of the four seats to her one. And they go through like four rounds of drinking. So by the Mm -hmm. end of it, he is plastered off his ass (laughs) and can barely talk or move. And I found this. Look, I'm sorry. Now the performance by James is phenomenal. This is theater acting. This is clown acting. If I may dare say at its absolute best, this is one of the best performances Mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Yeah, that doesn't I will, mean I totally I fill, get it. I will fill in the blanks of of what Ray missed by by not <laughs> doing his due diligence. Do it. I oh, I didn't watch it in multiple places. What are you talking about? I, if you turned on one and it's in a language you don't know with no subtitles, I think most people who aren't extremely lazy would just click on the other link. I would and assume just they would put see. into a chat, hey, why doesn't this come with subtitles? And one of the other two people who know better could tell him to do that. You mean when, you're, when you're chatting silence. that to us 10 minutes before our, we're supposed to start podcasting because that's when you waited to watch the episode? Okay. So Thank anyway, you for understanding, Gina. The, the, the German introducer talking about, that's introducing this sketch sets up that Miss Sophie, the, the lady of the house, is celebrating her 90th birthday. Wow. And, and so every year she has a dinner party with her four closest friends, but at this point she has outlived them all. So there's Sir Toby, Admiral Von Schneider, Mr. Pomeroy, and Mr. Winterbottom. Great name. Great, great names. Great sketch names. Uh, uh, and, and since she has outlived them all, but still wants to celebrate her, her birthday, she makes her butler James impersonate them. So she still gets the experience. So Ray got that Ray got the shades. Correct. Uh, uh, but, but I will say as the, as the only one who seemingly enjoyed this, 
uh, as some as as the only one here who's taught sketch multiple times at multiple places. This this is a this is a good sketch. This is a good character sketch. It has four distinct characters. The guy playing James is brilliant. It has a repeated action, repeated phrase. Uh, I guess apparently this phrase that, that that is said between them, which is which is James is a little bit reluctant to play out certain parts. So he he sort of he sort of keeps asking her. There's a couple of uh, there's a couple of ongoing bits. Uh, yes. But he says he say he says to her the same procedure as last year, Miss Sophie, because mm-hmm. she's been doing this since her friends died. Who knows how long? And she replies the same procedure as every year, James. And I guess this is now a thing that they like that in England they'll work into like newscasts, like like one oh, wow, of the, okay. <laughs> the like there. This this is a crazy this is a crazy thing. That from the Wikipedia page so, in March 2023, King Charles III delivered a speech at a banquet during his state visit to Germany, and he raised a laugh by saying, "In German, it is nice of you all not to have left me alone with a dinner for one." And then he also said uh, uh, that he, uh, oh, like he could he that that it wasn't a very very good impression of, of modern Britain. I guess the actors were doing, but <laughs> apparently they work this into like newspapers. They'll like do they'll work into things like same procedure as every year, James. And when whenever it's said, like Germans go crazy. They love so it. Is this like an, an original meme? Is that what I'm hearing? No, this is this is proto Hasselhoff. Oh. This is like the Germans taking something and just running with it inexplicably and the source culture being like, what is what's happening here? Why? Um, or it's like what Japan does to us, you know, they'll, yeah. uh, pull a, uh, uh, what is it? Mr. Sparkly. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Sparkle. Is this is KFC on Christmas day. But, yes, it, is- but apparently like it says the, the phrase it's become a very popular catchphrase in Germany. It's entered everyday vocabulary and is used in newspaper headlines and advertisements. Wow. It's, <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's legacy is just bonkers. And this and one dude, the guy Nor- who wrote it, like, this is what he's known for. This is his, this is his, his whole legacy. Like he was an actor and he was a writer, but his whole Wikipedia page is basically like, yeah, he was, he was those things. Things, but like this is why he's famous <laughs> like this wow. is why he's known which i think is just great i think it's great that he wrote one sketch <laughs> uh it's but yeah every comedy nerd's dream i was about to it, say it, yeah it truly is but yeah like there's there's this guy like the physical comedy that this guy does as he gets drunker and drunker like there's a like i said there's like a couple of of a bits throughout like there's a there's a tiger skin rug mm-hmm. and he he trips over the head of the rug several times and right when it's like no, not no, 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 funny no. anymore he keeps switching it up hold on he doesn't uh trip over it several times he does it 11 times <laughs> but that's that, not including that's... the times he almost stops and then goes around or whatever 11 times he trips on it which is a lot it, it is a lot, lot. the sketch the sketch is too long it's too long but what's in like what's in there is funny so, and it's also funny that like so he keeps tripping over it in the exact same way sometimes he gives it a look which is always like funny 
the but looks like, were funny. But like one time he doesn't trip on it and the and he like looks back in shock. And by this point he's already like a little bit drunk. And this this made me laugh. Like his face when he looks back. And then as he walks back, he trips over it. It's great. It's 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 you know, it's tripping over the Ottoman. It's it's Dick Van Dyke tripping over the Ottoman every See, time. What makes this comfortable to an audience? And I, I could break it down a little bit. I know something about sketch, even though okay. I haven't taught it as much as Gina Bolito has. Or at all. Um, I have taught sketch before, uh, briefly. Uh, for, uh, like t- telling Luna why, why Bluey is funny doesn't count. <laughs> um, I don't need to tell Luna why Bluey is yeah, funny. Yeah, you're Bluey right. You're funny. right. <laughs> Um, this is a sketch. This is a, a, a repetition sketch, uh, uh, that essentially has about six bits and one catchphrase, and it just repeats the same six bits five times. That's why it's so long. It's doing a two minute sequence, but it does it five times. And then the more like it stretches it out, the more that it goes, you know, and it has a big stretch out to be the opening sequences, I believe a couple of minutes as well. So your bits are essentially he is talking to uh, the lady and they do the same you know routine as last time, the same routine as always. Uh, it's time for us to serve like the first course. It's time for us to serve the salmon course. It's time for us to serve the chicken course. He goes, okay. He goes and he gets the food. He trips over the rug, the tiger skin rug with the head that's like big head sticking up off the ground. Then he gets the food, brings it back around and gives it to her. And then she requests a, a wine. And, or a, a beverage, an alcoholic beverage, a port, a sherry, whatever it is. He goes and he gets the thing again. And then he trips over the tiger head again <laughs> a second time in the same rotation. And then he goes around, pours her the wine, pours all four steps of the wine, and then uh, essentially mimics each of the four different characters playing their roles. The second guy is funny to me because he's a Viking who can only say skull. And then he clicks his heels together, which shatters his ankles every time, which is <laughs> yeah. funny. So there's a different bit for each one of those four characters. And then they finish the loop, but it's not a loop. It's a spiral. I learned from Alan Wake too. And so then they go on to the next course. Then they go on to the next course. And then they finally end with a dessert course with fruit and a port. And then by then he is sloshed off his ass. Uh, the, the, the established beats and rhythms that he's done three times before get thrown completely off because he's so hammered and then they go upstairs to fuck. Yeah, I mean honestly, the the end especially for like the 60s I this is a fun end because he's been saying he's he's getting increasingly drunk so he starts out by saying the same procedure as last year Miss Sophie she replies the same procedure as every year James, it's very dry but like by the end, he's just saying like he's yeah. so hammered that you can't even understand it. You Cannot understand talk. what she's saying perfectly. So in the end, she says, I think I'll retire. And he goes, you're going to go to bed like like really drunk. And he says the same procedure as last year, Miss Sophie. And she says the same procedure as every year, James. And she says it in a little saucy way. And then and then he basically says, uh, I'll 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 do my very best. And then like winks at the audience and turns and winks at the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what's going on. And he comes back out one last time to sort of like wave and wink at the audience because it's you know, it's a live thing. Uh, And it's all very fun. But like within the within the game of the sketch, the game being that he's becoming drunker and drunker as he's during this fake dinner party. 
Like every, you know, like the first guy, the first guy, she's making him pretend to be all the guests. So he's basically serving himself and playing the guests. So this first guest is Sir Toby. And he has this little back and forth where Sir Toby wants a little bit of extra in each drink that he pours. So the butler goes back and forth with like a little bit like, oh, no. okay, okay, fine. And then pours a little bit more. And then after each of them, uh, Miss Sophie like addresses them and she like as they toast. So she says, Sir Toby. And and the first man is like very proper. And he's like, yes, Miss, you know. And then the second guy is the skull guy who shatters his ankles every time. The third guy has a very high sort of wimpy voice, which is funny. Uh, and you know, the, the fourth guy's name is, is Mr. Winterbottom, which that in and of itself is, is funny. And, and he's like, not by the end, he's like barely even making the booze into the glass. Uh, yeah, there's just like, there's a lot of good stuff in here. It's, it's just that it's too long, but like when he's super hammered at the end and he does that little perfect jump over the tiger head, like I really laughed at that. Yeah, because he's super, super hammered. You assume he's going to fly over it, and he stops right at the tiger head and then double foot jumps over it with a big, loud thud on the other side. Although the funniest is when he's bringing the chicken back, and he doesn't just trip over the tiger head. Just he launches the plate with the chicken bit. on it up in the air, and I don't think it ever came down. <laughs> it was an incredible it bit. He looks around for it and, like, grabs something else at some point. And yeah, he's like, he's, the way he, he like, moves his body is great. Like, at some point he goes right, he, like, shoots right past Miss Sophie and drunkenly up the stairs and then weaves back downstairs. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's, like, every, everything does go on too long, but it is, like, there, there are five very funny minutes in this sketch. And that's really my only beef because yes, it is, uh, uh, um, it is classic uh, for a reason. It's very much in the vein of your uh, who's on first, you mm-hmm, know. Like, uh, mm-hmm. um, of course, after the 60th time you've heard it, it's like, okay, all right, I, I get it. But like that first time, man, I'm, the first time I heard uh, who's on first, I was like, oh my god, this is fucking unreal. These, um. And yeah, like the uh, um, the the length of it, and I man, we I think we all at some point wrote our 12, 14 minute sketches because we had to get every joke in there, and you no, know, I like, respect what? an audience too much, Chan. No, oh, it's because not. it's because we I started did. out by watching. I've taught many sketch students who bring in 10 page sketches and say, but that's how long SNL sketches are. And then I have to, (laughs) then I have to explain to them that they have to fill airtime every week. And that's, and that sketches there cost money and that no theater in its right mind is going to let them put up a 10 minute sketch when they've got a 20 minute show. (laughs) Please have some respect for me. It's because I watched Monty Python. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, that's that's the thing is that like it is it, it you know ru- the runtime is eighteen minutes. It starts with that two minute introduction, which right. is like it is way too long for a sketch. But it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. And honestly, if I was watching this live, I would have been so captivated by this dude playing James that yeah. I would have been I would have been fucking delighted. Well, yeah. also. Uh, it was originally um, done in 1934, 
it was uh you know it was a london stage review it eventually you know like moved to vaudeville and in terms of yeah sort of like filling time you know uh like a like a, a clock burner that's exactly what this is and also you get someone who's you know like uh, uh freddie frinton here who just sort of chews up that scenery it's like okay you know like your thing is to go and pour this uh sherry four times mm-hmm. make it different every time and then okay now you got to go do it again uh but you have to heighten it and you know um i recall my own days of stage <laughs> farce i mean i i did laugh out loud when he the final round when he's pouring the port and he gets to the Viking guy's glass and he just essentially throws the bottle like <laughs> sideways and just <laughs> annihilates the table with it. I, I laugh. It's also great. It's also great. So, the, so like just to run through the courses here, like the first one is mulligatawny soup, delicious, served with a very dry sherry. And those he, he pounds back like a champ. Like he's, he's, it's early. He drinks them all. First one's uh, four, always easy. <laughs> four glasses, four glasses of dry sherry. Then there's North Sea haddock, served with white wine, and by now he's a, he's he's a little tipsy. Then there's chicken, and she chooses to serve that with champagne. At this point, he's like he's spilling it everywhere. He scoops the spilled champagne off the table into the he glass and drinks dabs it. Dabs a little point. bit behind his ear. He da- yes, yes. It's little flourishes like that. And then the last one is fruit served with port wine and and he's he's so hammered at this point that the that the last person he's pretending to be grabs a vase on the table and dr- and drinks he from drinks that instead first, of- first plows the uh plants right into his face <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then you like, think I'll he just set cat. it down after he after he realizes it, but he takes the flowers out, mm-hmm. drinks it, and then the says, Ooh, I'll kill that cat. <laughs> yeah, he's mad at a cat. Like I yeah, I laughed. Um, you know, it was fine. Uh you know, I no listen, when I was I'm gonna say this, when I was writing sketches back when I was doing it weekly and I was that guy, uh I if I ever got to a fifth page on my sketch, I'd start being like, Oh shit, this is like this is like wrestling matches, uh when you're on the undercard and you hit the ten minute mark and people are screaming, take it home. That's when I see the fifth page crop up on my sketch. I'm like, oh, better get to the pin. We got to get out of here. Well, I, 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 I was doing sketch for, uh, shoot, it must have been seven or eight years before I went to UCB. And at that point, I took that first class and they're like, no, you cut that shit off. Like yes. five is too long. And I was like, oh, yes. And so then I like cut all my sketches down. I was like, oh, hey, look at that. That actually works. It's funny. Uh, I always thought sketches, uh, if you consider them like rock and roll music or songs or that kind of a deal. Oh, wow. Sketches should be like a They Might Be Giants album. Two (laughs) minutes and get out. Make your point and get out of town. Get off stage. But here's the thing. As I'm I'm sort of – I have the Wikipedia page open uh, and – Do you have the Wikipedia page open, Ray? No, Ray doesn't even know know what Wikipedia is. He he, he doesn't know what the internet is. Please. Uh, I'm here to react. But he, but you know, it says, it says the, the, it's, it basically says the comic premise of the skit, a man consuming multiple rounds of alcohol and becoming comically drunk is generally credited to American actor Red Skelton, who included it in a vaudeville act, uh, uh, in 1928. But one of the most famous versions of this 
is Lucille Ball in the in the Vita Vegemite, you know, when she's doing the commercial uh, for that Vegemin. Vitamita Vegemin. Yeah, Vitamita Vegemin commercial. But she's drinking the like this cough syrup stuff and she's getting drunker and drunker. And that's that's the entire episode of I Love Lucy. Like she I mean, other than when she gets cast in the commercial, it's her just slowly getting drunk on this like cough syrup like stuff and being unable to say her lines and drinking more and more of it. Uh, So it is it is something that I think can be sustained for more time than just the average sketch and again if i was seeing this live because i was like genuinely concerned for this dude at some point like he's throwing (laughs) himself all over the place (laughs) having trouble like when like he legitimately he does a fantastic job you know and he's he's like trip he's even when he was sober he was tripping over that tiger head and then he's he's flailing up and down the stairs he's singing to himself he's throwing glasses all around like i was like i'm concerned for this dude that he's gonna get hurt and that (laughs) would hold my attention if i was watching it live i mean uh back in college uh we had done more than one farce um and more than one fart uh yes that's what i said more than (laughs) one farts um and i it my thing was always and because we did one that was just like a real small cast. It was like t- two men, two women, and uh, you know, just like a couple's doing like wacky things. And I just sort of got into a competition with the other guy where I was telling him, like, you know what? I don't I don't I don't want uh laughs. I want to go so far that they don't just laugh. We get the. I'm want the audience to applaud when I do my fucking pratfalls, <laughs> and do. so like every night, um, after once we got going because then the director didn't really have uh much to say about it, and in fact he basically threw up his hands because I would just make this scene go longer and longer where I was like getting my arm caught in like a windowsill or something like that, <laughs> and I just got it bigger and bigger. And I started slamming the thing down on my arm and like throwing myself around the room. It started as like a kind of grounded thing and then just went to crazy town. So like the idea of a comedian just sort of like taking the basic premise and just being like, oh, oh I'm getting a laugh. Well, we'll keep going. Oh, keep going. <laughs> I'm going to murder this. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it all. I mean, look, uh, you know, this just this actually reminded me when I was in uh, college, I did a lot of. Uh, and uh, um, reading into and performing Christopher Durang plays, if you guys are familiar with that particular uh, playwright, uh, he wrote the uh, the actor's nightmare, um, among other things. He's he's written a lot of really good stuff for the people at home, uh, but th- this particular thing had the energy of a one called Dentity Crisis, which is one of my favorite one act plays I got to do, where essentially uh, the the main character has four distinct personalities that he kind of just goes between through the entire weird, weird play. Uh, and that's like, one of them is like a French, like romantic. Uh, one of them is a small child. Uh, I forget, I forget exactly all of them. I'll have to give that one another read. Cause it's been a really long time. Um, but I really sort of like that manic energy. And if people at home watched this and they're interested in like more of this kind of a thing, 
go seek out sort of the work of Christopher Durang. Uh, I don't know. Are you too familiar with him at all? Oh, yes. Okay. College theater. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, it's, it's very, it's huge in college theaters. Look, I wanted to direct uh, Sister Mary Kate Ignag- uh, Ignatius explains it all to you. Mm-hmm. Um, or Ma- Sister Mary Ignatius explains it all to you. I added Mary Kate because Ashley Olsen also was very popular. Sure. Um, but I, I, my, I was told at my uh, affiliate Methodist affiliated university, yeah. that I was not allowed to direct uh, Sister Mary Ignatius explains it all to you for it is somewhat critical of religion. <laughs> and um, they, as a Methodist affiliated school, as I actually got called, I, I went all the way to like the head of my department <laughs> uh, uh, who just passed away recently. Nils Reese, uh, big respect. Um, and he sat me down and he goes, Ray, here's the deal. We could do Sister Mary Ignatius explains it all to you. The thing is, <laughs> every single time any other religious affiliated institution tries to do sister Mary Ignatius explains it all to you. It goes very badly. (laughs) (laughs) So I have great respect for your desire to do this. I think it's a wonderful one act play. I am really not okay with trying to do it here this time. (laughs) That's what we respect for Ray. Go down the street. (laughs) I respect that. Go down the street, go down the street to the cornfield. Uh, (laughs) It's a very small school. Um, yeah, so definitely look, I like, I look, I I used to like to push the envelope uh, a lot. What can I tell you? Oh boy. Now you're confused about the envelope. (laughs) Am I supposed to lick it or get it? (laughs) Should I pee on this thing? What's going on? The envelope has a lot of money in it and you're pushing it to somebody to bribe them. Isn't that what that phrase means? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I was trying to bribe my way through that. I see. Didn't, didn't work. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. For all my Hulkamaniacs that have stuck with me through the thick and thin, trained, said their prayers, and eat their vitamins, be a survivor, man. Don't smoke, it's a joke. Now, back to G.I. Joe. So, wow. Is this the shortest episode we've ever done? Do we have more we want to say about... This is tough. To do an entire episode about a 24-minute cartoon uh, takes time. To do an entire hour-long episode about a 17-minute sketch... You know, I like this. I think we're going out of 2023 on a on a high note. We're we're just we're this is a little amuse bouche for 2024. That's what it is. Now I can see why Gina was so excited to do this and start early is because she be packing. She's getting ready to get out of town, and she wants us done. I mean, listen, it still it still took us 18 minutes to watch it. I mean, that's fair. I mean, yeah, we, we routinely we do uh, what like four times uh, the length of the show that we're watching. Oh, sometimes mm-hmm. more than that. And uh, this time we got it down to two. That's uh, progress of a yeah. kind. Uh, I do. I do have a question. Uh, what is r- real quick? What is your f- this? What is your favorite sketch? Uh, if you were to pick like your favorite sketch that you can remember. Uh, at least one of your favorite, maybe not your all-time favorites, but one that you remember very fondly. Out of all sketches? Out of all sketches. I'm like, we all come from a world of sketch comedy. This is not a surprise to anyone involved, <laughs> which means we had watched a shit ton of sketch comedy when we were much younger and older. Yeah. 
And it had an effect on us that caused us to eventually do a podcast where we talk about G.I. Joe and other things. Uh, I mean, I'll, I I can't say my favorite because my memory is bad and I, and I'm sure it it changes year to year, but I will say, I will say the, the one that I always, I'll say two that, that for both very different reasons. Uh, the, the one that I always start like a basic sketch class with, with everyone watching it is uh, the key and peel hats, new hat sketch, because okay. it's just such a, such a pure example of, of what a sketch is. It's basically the two of them trying to outdo each other with how new their hats are. Okay. So well, like, yep. yeah. So one comes in with a new hat and the other one's super jealous. And this all takes place over a period of a minute. And then the next one comes in, his hat is so new that it still has, a tag on it. The next one comes in and he's wearing a plastic bag with a hat on his head. And he looks over and the other one's got a woman at a sewing machine on top of his head, sewing a hat. <laughs> uh, it's great. They're great. But, yep, yep. but one of the most, uh, one of the like weirdest, like darkest sketches that I that I remember seeing that is just so creepy and not and not a favorite, but is like very memorable. Is there was an old SNL sketch back when they were like still doing experimental shit that is just John Belushi at as an old man at the graves of every other cast member. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And he's like going through them, like again, as an old man. And he's like, you all said I would be the first to die. And look at you, like Gilda. And he's like going through each of them that died. And first of all, he was the first one to die. He was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Second of all, a lot of them are also dead by the time I saw this sketch from terrible, terrible things. Oh, boy. <laughs> and it's just such a weird, like, you know that someone in the room was like, it would just be funny to watch like Belushi eulogize people as an old man at the grave and nothing about it is funny. It is just horrifying. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Chan, what do you got? Uh, I mean, a lot of them. I, I feel like one of the uh, very earliest sketches that uh, really set my tastes is Monty Python, probably the bird sketch, the parrot sketch. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe the cheese shop, because I'm a really cheese big shop. fan of uh, list sketches mm-hmm. where we just come up with like more and more elaborate, you know, heightenings of, mm-hmm. of specific things. Um, there's actually a lot of stuff on that one state VHS, VHS skits mm-hmm. and stickers. Oh, That's one yeah. of the greatest uh, hour-long videos in the history of VHS, mm-hmm. I will say it. We all had like, it, I'm sure. The taco yeah, sketch. Yeah, I mean, I own it on uh, DVD Thank now. you. Thank you for bringing up the taco sketch. That was actually on my list. <laughs> uh, the one where uh, uh, Michael Ian Black like uh, uh, is trying to uh, like get everybody to talk about themselves. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, there's, there's something about the... Uh, um, trying to be open and vulnerable and everybody, you know, taking them down. That's just like, and, and the meta commentary of it, um, which comes from, I think, um, uh, my love of the Muppet show. And I couldn't mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pick a specific sketch from there, but like <clears throat> so much of the Muppet shows, um, mm-hmm. like built into my DNA. 
I yeah, love that. Bo- Those are all great. I, I, I really like bologna feet. I really like I'm going to dip my balls in it. Those are two of the okay. first sketches Louis, I remember watching I when I was little. 100% would have uh, figured that Gina was a Louie guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Louie crashing The Last Supper is yeah. maybe one of the funniest yeah. things I've ever seen. He just wants to dip his balls in it. <laughs> what are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to do? The post-credits payoff of Jesus selling out Louis as the son of God to be crucified uh, is 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 chef's kiss. Um, real, real quick for me, I, the, the state with the tacos, uh, Chan didn't get into detail, but essentially it's a very simple two-person sketch where the, the, the conflict is that the mailman has decided to stop delivering mail and start delivering tacos. And Michael Ian Black has come out to the mailman to confront him and say, but I need my mail because I need to pay my bills <laughs> and I'll, I don't want to lose my house. Yes, the ta- and some of the mailman, however, mistakes this complaint for you don't like my tacos. And so they keep having <laughs> I, two different I arguments with tacos. each other back and forth. They may be the best tacos I've ever had. <laughs> if I had to choose between the tacos and getting the mail. <laughs> I would have to choose the mail. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What I'm hearing is you don't <laughs> like the tacos. It's just, just the, it's the just so is, <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, it's 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 one of, and then the, it ends with one of my favorite. I still quote this all the time when I don't know what to do. The greatest ending to a sketch maybe of all time in that the man's wife comes out and says, "Did you get the mail situation sorted?" He goes, "I don't know, but that was the longest conversation I've ever had." Goodbye, mailbox. And the mailbox bye bye. gets up and walks off camera. Yeah. Yeah. Bye bye. Why? Why? Yeah, because the state the state loved ending their sketches with just weird non sequiturs. It's great. And then I would also say real quick, uh, I would say the state, the porcupine racetrack. I like musical numbers in my sketches. It's sure. always been one of my favorite things of all time. Uh, I brought with me to Los Angeles is we got to put a musical number in there somewhere. Um, I love it. I love writing lyrics. Then why won't you sing with us on the podcast? Every time I try, you shut me down. You stop it. No one wants that. Thank you. They want Uh, me. They want Chan. But just if you're at home, look up Porcupine Racetrack. Stop it. Every baby. Um, the other, the other two that made my list would be Key and Peele with the football player's name because sketch. Your kiss, yep, your yep. Kiss uh, Chan, Chan loves. List. Thank you, Gina. Uh, the, the, the Chan loves <laughs> sketches where you just name off a bunch of stuff. That's a sketch where they just get silly and name off a bunch of stuff. And if you're in the right frame of mind for that sketch, you will lose your shit eventually. Uh, it's amazing. Also, great when they did the follow up where the actual characters did a music video of East versus West. <laughs> and then the hardest rapper on the team was Dan Smith, the white guy. <laughs> Incredible. And then the last one, Kids in the Hall, with the Citizen Kane sketch. Ooh, this game's mm-hmm. good. You know, if you, if you know it, you know it. Uh, it's it's where one guy is saying, I saw this movie with Orson Welles. Oh, it was probably Citizen Kane. No, no, it was, he said Rosebud. And it's just, and it's just them doing that for three minutes and the other guy getting intensely angry because Having it's so obviously Citizen Kane. He actually finds the newspaper listing of the day listed, shows him the channel and shows it was Citizen Kane and ends by stabbing him in the hand with a knife. 
Because <laughs> he gets so intense. Uh, oh, you know so- what? You know what? I'll shout out. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. shout out uh, Mr. Show pre-taped Colin Show and uh, the audition sketch. Since no one said uh, Mr. Show yet, nobody said. Okay. How do we not say Mr. I Show? I think it deserves some love because they're the Look. best at just those. Before before uh, the new guy, what's his name, was doing sketches where he just yelled and spiraled. Uh, oh, you could be talking about anybody on right Netflix. <laughs> what's what's his, what's his name? Sam Robinson. Yeah, before he was doing oh, sketches yeah. where he just yells some. and spirals. Uh, no one was doing it quite like Bob Odenkirk and you David know Cross? my favorite Mister Show still <laughs> is the one where they're the heavy metal band who visits the fan who jumped into a, a vat of acid to try to impress them. <laughs> and they find out they've got to like pay his medical bills. So they write an entire song called try again in hopes that he'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like, try, try, try again. Jump head first. Next time. Dive right in. I am Amazing. going to, to spite Gina uh, throughout an SNL sketch. Oh boy. Hey, I uh, like SNL job interview with Chevy Chase and Richard Pryor is one of the greatest sketches ever, ever, ever. But aren't you proving my point if I said like, oh, SNL hasn't been all that great recently by picking an old, like if if you wanted to stick it to me, you would have picked one from like last week and said, wow, this one's a classic. Uh, Almost anything that Kate McKinnon is in. Again, uh, that's like 10 years ago. What are you talking about? Last week. Including last week when she did Whiskers Are We with freaking Billie Eilish. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ends up perving on her daughter, which is magical. Just. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to give it up for David S. Pumpkins. You know what? Nothing wrong with that. I love that sketch. And that's a relatively recent sketch. Pretty new. I I mean, the last 10 years. I enjoy it. Um, no. I made Luna watch it, and she did not care for it. I think she, <laughs> I think she thought it would be funnier to just hate it and stand in front of the TV so I couldn't watch it. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, dang. Okay, here we go. Uh, Cecily Strong doing the clown sketch on Weekend Update. Oh, oh man. yeah, yeah, that was yeah. That's depressing. a good one. Oh, that is so good. Man, that was uh, that was hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, as a, as, a, as a straight white dude, you didn't find that sketch. You found that sketch hard to watch, right? <laughs> I found it about as funny as Nanette. Ooh, I see what you're doing here. You're trying to troll the two of us. Not going to work. Mm-hmm. Dang it. I just got blocked. <laughs> <laughs> just like Luna. Uh, we learned a trick from Luna. That's right. <laughs> Dang it. I've, I've given away too much. No, old SNL, the vomitorium sketch. Great. The, um, the Sodom and Gomorrah sketch. Also great. We're the tourism board for Sodom and Gomorrah. How can we attract people here without, you know, talking about the sodomy? <laughs> that's very funny. And then the superhero sketch. Come on. That's like the most famous old Saturday Night Live sketch way before the superhero boom. They put Garrett Morris as Ant-Man in our lives forever. And Ooh. it was just one dumb superhero bit after another. And as a kid, that captivated me. 
Uh, as a kid, I was really into In Living Color, but I can't bring up any of those sketches now because they're all problematic. You can't watch In Living Color anymore. Oh, my God. I know. But but I'm, but I mean, like, I guess the least problematic was probably Homie the Clown. And that no. was one that I thought was hilarious. <laughs> he beats his girlfriends. You can't do No, Homie he's beating the- kids. Who cares? But he's also beating women he's dating. I think I blocked that part out. (laughs) When the girl asks him for a commitment and he's like, so you want homie to stay at home and just be a one girl clown? Wham! I don't think so. Like, damn, dude. (laughs) Domestic (laughs) violence on my TV screen. Well, she shouldn't have asked for a relationship then. Oof. Oof. Gina, I don't know. You're talking about problematic clowns that make us sad. Gina, when it comes to problematic clowns that make us sad, you've dated enough of them. That's true. Yowza. That's I thought we were talking about Damon Wayans as Kang. Isn't that what uh, <laughs> we cast him? Oh, my God. We could. Um, at least, you know what? They waited for uh, the, the guilty verdict to come in. And then within two hours, the already pre-written press release hit the hit the hit the fax machines. Oh no, they they had long since in the internal documents canceled. Yes. Uh, I feel like, oh, yeah. I feel like we've lost the audience at this point with all this inside baseball sketch talk. Oh yeah, no. no. I, a whole I bunch think the of, people who like us would like to hear about sketch comedy. I think that's true. The people who were listening to this uh know sketch comedy. They know about the Marvel universe. Yeah. There is there are none of these references that are flying over their heads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe homie D clown. <laughs> All of them. Okay. 80% of them had the VHS copy of the state skits and stickers. Even oh, you though the other part, the remaining... state skits and stickers, asterisk, asterisk, stick and sticks. That was stickers not included. Stickers not included. Yeah. Skits, uh, stickers not included. Also, I'm just going to shout out state by state with the state. Which is a travel log. It's a great book by the state, mm-hmm. and it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if for somehow you're sitting here and you don't know who MTV's The State Sketch Comedy Group is, we're not going to tell you. Just go find out. Joy of my life was fight was getting that four uh four DVD set the first day it came out <laughs> of every episode of The State. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know Gina has it too. Mm-hmm. I have. I also have all of Mr. Show on DVD as well. I believe I do as well. I think so. Anyway, anyway, everybody, I hope you've enjoyed our walk through sketch comedy land. I told you we'd get this closer to an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to extend a show. Uh, anyway, this is Knowing is Half the Podcast. You can find us, of course, patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Uh, you could also, if you want to support the show that way. Otherwise, you can hit us up Facebook group, facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. We are on threads at knowing is half the podcast, Instagram at knowing is half the podcast. Really, no other social media sites. Uh, Gina, I mean, people, Gina will sometimes people see what keep she tweeting can see. at Ray's active uh, Twitter account. So my Twitter account has not been active in weeks. I, I, it's still, I am looking at it right now. It is very it much still active. That what is- have I tweeted? I mean, you've liked shit and you've and I've you've gone on to check to for my messages and I've liked like one or two things. What do you think active means, Ray? Posting. Oh, damn it. Posting is to- active. Interacting with it is active.
you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always, am I the winner? Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts, or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com.